Now, I don't mean to put a ramble in your room, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know you love that area. Now, I don't mean to... Frank? (laughs) Sorry. Nice way to start it out on an inside joke that nobody's going to understand at all. (laughs) But I love that joke. Now, I don't mean to put a cork in your cab, but... (laughs) Ari and I went on, every once in a while we'll go on really long tangent rants. Where it's like the, no, I don't mean know, the. Because you know how people are like, gotta, like there's just weird ter- weird phrases for things like, gotta be in your bonnet. Or like. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't mean know. the, what, what was like the, what's like one of the original phrases though? I don't mean to rain on your parade, yeah. but. It's something, like stuff like that, <clears throat> but just do outlandish now phrases. I don't mean to cheat your chaps. But. <laughs> And then we and then we make it longer where it's like, I don't mean to run over your cousin Timmy and then pretend I didn't do it and blame it on your sister Suzanne, but... <laughs> now, I didn't mean to make a tiny ass out of your father's coffin, but... <laughs> it's yeah. like... It's weird. The, the longer it goes or the weirder it is. Yeah. Uh, it the just gets real gets. funny. Now, I don't mean to say some random shit, but... You should try it. All right. That was a great intro. Thank you. Um, I don't so, mean to ramble in your room, but <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. So, do you remember, we used to share a room when we were little kids. Yeah. And I don't remember how far, how old we were when we stopped doing that. How old did, were we when we stopped? We had bunk beds and everything. I don't even know how yeah, old we were, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had the upstairs floor around sixth grade. So, like, when I started middle school. Okay. Maybe fifth grade, sixth grade is when we stopped sharing. So, then I'm willing to... Just assume that you were like probably there for all of my monster freakouts when I was a kid. Like I was terrified yeah. of everything. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know how like when you stare into like a dark room and like you, you, your yeah. eyes form stuff. Yep. I would form different monsters and scare the crap out of myself as a kid, which is why I needed yeah. a nightlight. But like, I remember very like vividly. I don't know why, but like. The thumb thumbs from Spy Kids when they're in there all black gear. I every time I would look in like the dark abyss, that's what I would see. What the fuck? And it scared the shit out of me because I thought they were gonna come kidnap me with their giant hands. And uh yeah, I don't know that you knew that, but like that was like my biggest that's monster hilarious. that I saw. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I was like terrified of everything as a kid. I couldn't go well, to like yeah. like we would go to old country buffet and like there was like the, the mascots. The mascots. Like I just was like why is there a giant walking bee one time you like doused yourself in like a mud pile outside and you were terrified of the mud that you got on you as like little kids i don't know everything scared me mine was uh, i i don't know i was mostly i mostly had nightmares about the the snow white witch when well, she a, not when she's the beautiful queen but when she's yeah. like the hunched over oh yeah the old hag old lady. that wasn't even she's like terrifying. nightmares that was just like me staring into a dark room my nightmares no were i'm like saying insane too. well yeah i i'm saying i'm pretty sure well i don't know if i ever if a figure from a movie ever formed in my brain it was when just were, like, like it at... was just like a man standing there yeah you know what i mean yeah i never associated it with like a character from something that scared me I think every kid did the when you turn off the light in the basement, you run up the stairs. Yeah. Because I had a dream once where the Snow White Witch was chasing me up the stairs. Yeah. And so, of course. Or like you turn off the light on this side and you jump to your bed. I still do that. Okay. I don't do that, but. 
I still jump to my bed. I'm like, like if it's. I don't jump to my bed. If I've just watched a scary movie, I'm like not risking it. And I jump Well, if I just watched, if I just watched anything creepy and I hear creaks in the house, I, I have like rainstorm Mm -hmm. sounds that play and it's on. Do you have an? I do. Okay. Don't say it. I'm not going to say her name because. (laughs) If we. That if you say it, she just goes. If we invoke her name. She will come for us. She's kind of like a demon. Yeah, she is. But I'll like <laughs> tell her to. I'll tell her to stop. Mm-hmm. Because if I hear even the slightest creak, I'm like, "Is there someone who broke into our house?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I went. I went to my friend's house and watched a scary movie, and then had to leave after, and it was like late, so it was dark yeah. out, and I was like, and I had to walk to my car, and oh, I was like, yeah, "I'm gonna scary. get murdered!" So I was like sprinting to my yeah, car. That's terrifying. never fun. So I think my fear as a kid of like random things of everything just turned into anxiety as an adult, and it's great. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's fantastic yeah but yeah that was my story for today that was a great story Ariana. and it fits in perfectly because what did we watch melissa we watched don't look under the bed yes we did this here's a little synopsis a teen enlists the help of an imaginary friend named larry houdini to deal with a prank playing boogeyman who's framing her for his dastardly deeds dastardly deeds that's a nice alliteration what was the thing that i said a couple podcasts ago? Aggressive and nice. Aggressive but nice. I don't know what that was. Oh. I, don't I think really we were know. talking about me. I'm aggressive but nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's probably... Yeah, yeah, that's good. Sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great description of you. Thanks. But yeah, so, so we watched Don't Look Under the Bed. We watched Don't Look Under the Bed, and we're going to get into this movie. This The main character, her name is Frances Bacon McCausland, which... <laughs> that's a mouthful. Francis Bacon. And then her brother's names are Bert and Darwin. Exactly. Parents. Which isn't one of the characters in the wild thornberries named Darwin. It's the monkey, right? Darwin is the monkey? What's yeah. the little brother's name? The little brother. Who acts more like a is monkey it Donnie? than a monkey. Donnie Thornberry. I'm going to look it up. I think it's Donnie because the old, it's Li- Eliza and the older sister's Deb and the younger brother's Donnie. Donnie. Yep. I knew it. So we're introduced to Francis and her family. Like you said, Darwin's the little brother. Bert's the older brother. Francis is in the smack dab middle. Yeah, Francis is a middle kid, just like and, Melissa. And her dad is played by Stephen Tabalowski or Lowski. Yes. Um, who's in everything. He's yeah. in so many things. He's just a great, like, I guess, character yeah. actor, which is what a lot of... Well, and he has a nice... He's got like a, a unique voice too, so yeah. that helps. Yep, that's true. Um, I also noted this time the main character is fourteen, so they're already bumping up the age mm-hmm. from thirteen to fourteen. They're like, well, these kids. Like, are we gotta older. change these these ages here. Um, I will say that we get a bit of foreshadowing. So basically, we see like all the clocks in the house are like going by pretty fast, and. What my brain thought when I first saw that was like, oh, they're just like speeding up the time. Like they don't want us to have to sit here and watch them, whatever. Yeah. Sleep for five hours. But that doesn't make any sense because why wouldn't they just start the movie? Exactly. You know, at five, six a.m. when they get up. Um. So they all get up because the alarm clocks go off. They all go downstairs. They're about to make breakfast. The mom's like, oh, the eggs are missing. Mm-hmm. And then, um. Got a, they got a nice family dynamic. Yes, they do. The I like bro- their dynamic. The little brother had leukemia. 
Right. We find that out later, but this is good just context yes. is that the little brother had leukemia. The oldest brother, Bert, had to donate bone, bone marrow, marrow and Francis could not. <clears throat> yeah. Probably because she didn't have a right match. But I also think she wasn't old enough because That's, Bert. Yeah. It was something like Bert was the older brother. He was old enough to undergo bone that, marrow okay. transplant. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So then the dad comes and he's like. It's actually 5 a.m. And they think 4 a.m. Oh, 4 a.m. And he's like, because they wake usually wake up at 7. Yeah. He's like, I don't know why our alarms went off three hours early. So then they all go back to bed, basically. Yeah. Then we find out this happened to, to everybody. Everyone. Because um, Francis' best friend, Joe. Joanne. Yep, Joe. Who we see. Disappears. Yeah, she, she's in maybe the first 15 minutes of the movie and then she's gone. And that's when we find out that Frances is actually like really smart. She skipped a grade. Yeah. She's supposed to be an eighth grader, but she's in ninth grade. Right. She's going to high school, even though her best friend is in eighth grade. And her best friend has a little crush on Bert. Her, yeah, her older brother. And her best friend is also adorable and kills it in those yeah. overalls. Yeah, she's real cute. The next weird thing that happens is that dogs... Are on roofs. Are on the roofs of different houses. Yeah. Everyone's dog is on a on roof. Roof. <laughs> and um, she gets to school after seeing that weird thing. And the teacher, her biology teacher, gets out of his car with a dead duck. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what, what the that hell was. was in his hand. <laughs> he like got up. He picked up this dead duck, but then it looked like he was wiping his car down with with the duck. The duck. I don't know, but. Because I, I, at first I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a, a wooden mallard and we can't like see it like right, well. He's bringing it in for his biology. He's like a biology teacher. Right. But no, then he started wiping his car with it. And I was thinking, why Weird. would you wipe a wood? And he's got like this convertible. So his whole car is open. And we don't go back to this. No, like, we, we don't go back to the duck. We never see it again. Like we never see the duck again. I mean, maybe that was just their way of being like, oh, the biology teacher really cares about this car. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I that so much that he's going to rub a dead duck on it? That's weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I don't know if it was like a sponge that was shaped like a duck. I don't know. It was a weird added thing. So she's now in class with her biology teacher. She's talking to other people in the class, finding out that they also had their clocks go off two hours or three hours early. They all have different yeah. times. And the teacher's like, do you have anything to share, Francis? Because she's talking in the middle yeah. of class. So she tells him, I've been doing, conducting this experiment, taking all of these. Well, first she asks, she's like, did your alarm clock go off three hours oh, early? Yeah. And he's like, how did you know that? And she's like, everybody's did. I'm getting addresses and whatever to see if it's on like a grid. Right. Or something. She's doing research on this. She's kind of excusing herself, saying, I'm doing a science project. Mm -hmm. You should be proud of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she and she does find it quite interesting. She's like, why is it so weird? And then also during this process, she, with Joanne, sees a guy in the distance who <clears throat> seems to be staring at them. And she goes, why is that guy staring at us? And then Joanne's like, there is no Ooh. guy. And then Francis. She says, what guy? Well, and Francis, when she sees him, she's like. Yeah, Francis has a crush on him. guy is looking at us. Exactly. She's got a crush on this guy. But no one else can see him. No. And um, then eggs rain down on the biology teacher's convertible car. While they're in class. And we see the guy who just randomly disappeared. Um, he's like hanging out outside. Yeah. And then he hears 
the like, eggs, the falling. eggs falling, and he goes up to the roof, and the person is gone, but all of the egg cartons are there. And I said to Melissa at this point, point, I said, "That's where all their eggs went." Mm-hmm. Then we find out just weird events keep happening. We both kind of thought of Twin Peaks. Yes, it's very. Tw- they were very inspired by Twin Peaks with yeah. this movie because it's more psychological, like weird stuff going on at first, like gelatin in the pool, in which the is swimming the funniest pool. effect I've ever seen. <laughs> I it's know just, I say I know I say that like every time we watch another one of these I go that's like the dumbest or funniest effect I've ever seen but it was really funny it was like a Barbie leg it was in a bowl of Jello yeah exactly in the pool it's just a swimmer who like dove into the pool and it and got stuck in Jello and it's red Jello <laughs> you just go that's impossible because you have to like put that shit in the fridge another thing that happens is the bee oh my gosh <laughs> a the giant bees. giant letter bees get graffitied oh, I thought you were talking about the bees in the principal's office. Oh, well, that also happens. Yeah, there's the bee attack, but there's the also graffiti. graffiti all over town on, bees. on babies' shoes. <laughs> on shoes of everybody, but also they have, like, a, a lowercase bee on this baby's shoe, which <laughs> begs the question, did the graffiti happen when they were all sitting there? Yeah, I don't know. They just magically... Or, or did the bees go on shoes before they put them on? When I think about this, because later they decide to accuse Francis of this mischievery, how in the hell would a 14-year-old girl have the time and resources to, to do break it all into, in one night? Yeah, too. and terrorize the entire town with, like, graffiti, gelatin in a pool. It just, I don't know how I they mean, came to that conclusion. I mean, she's smart, but, like, <laughs> not damn. that smart. So sh- the reason she gets accused is because all of the bees are on everyone's lockers in school. Except for hers. Yeah. When she opens her locker, the bee is on the inside. Yeah. So everyone's skeptical. They're they- like, Francis, your middle name is Bacon. Of course it's you. <laughs> yeah. That was their conclusion. I don't understand. It was They're like, it weird. makes sense because your middle name starts with a B. She's like, <laughs> if I were to do the graffiti, you don't think I would put an F on it? Come right. On. Also, I wanted to talk about probably the scariest, creepiest shot in this movie was before, it's like the next day, um, before they start accusing her particularly, she- That was a really hard word for you to say. I know. Particularly. <sighs> before she enters the school, oh. all of the the teachers and students are frozen. They're just really standing creepy. there, and it's really terrifying. And their eyes are on her, too. Exactly. That's when I thought of Twin Peaks, because they were all frozen. It was also, like, in the Truman Show, <gasps> when they are all yes. frozen in their places. And they're places. waiting for their places to start the show Yeah, it, or it's like waiting for action, but they're all just standing there. Yeah. It reminded me of that, because then... As soon as she, like, gets in the middle of them all, they, they start move. moving. Yeah, they start moving. It Which was... I would shit my... I would literally poop my <laughs> pants. It was that was probably the scariest shot. It really yeah. freaked me out. I was like, "Is this gonna be like legitimately scary?" So now she's being accused. I also want to note that during throughout the entire movie, whenever something weird happens, and it happens a lot, mm-hmm. the camera tilts. Yeah, and it stays on that tilted angle until the weird things stop happening. Yeah, there are more tilted angles throughout this movie than just straight on. And it makes me feel, I don't know, uncomfortable. It makes me feel nauseous. Yeah. It makes <laughs> you feel like you're supposed to be sliding with them. Like, yeah, it just, I don't know if I really liked it. 
I also... I get what they were doing, but mm. I didn't like it. I also noticed, so you... I don't think remember this movie, but it was one of my favorites, and I'm really excited for when we watch it, but it's Now You See It, which is another Disney Channel movie. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> this movie, for whatever reason, gave me the same, like, vibe. Like, the energy in it was, like, the same as that movie. Mm. But instead of magic, it's, like, weird stuff happening. Huh. Oh, so when we watch we'll- that, you'll have to just, like, be like, oh... I know what you're yeah, talking about. I guess I'll look out for that. Thank you. Uh, she finally talks to this guy that she keeps seeing who's popping up and finds out his name is Larry Houdini. Yeah. He ends up offering to help her figure out what's going on in the town. But she thinks, she's like, does anybody know who this guy is? Yeah, and he, everyone's like, what guy? You're crazy, Francis. You're talking to yourself. You they all start laughing at her. And the teachers also... Don't believe her. Yeah, they think that she's the but, one pulling the pranks. Yeah, they're like, such. you're the culprit. And there's this one guidance counselor who's nice to her and trying to defend her. Yeah. Or, ju- or just trying to understand. She's like, okay, what what boy do you keep seeing, Francis? And she's like, it's this guy. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's doing the pranks. And we get another hint that she likes him. She yeah. thinks he's cute. Now, the big thing that happens before she really starts working with Larry Houdini is first her parents are now being brought into this because now they're also kind of skeptical and they think Frances might have something to do with this because she's been acting strange. The big thing that happens... And the gelatin and the eggs are missing. The big thing that happens is that Joe, her friend, had confided in her that she likes her brother Bert. Mm -hmm. The next morning, uh, on the lawn, is are like giant flowers, flower uh, configuration saying Joe hearts Bert. And Joe, that's the last straw for her. She's no longer believing her friend because who else would have known that? And that's the last time we see Joe. Yeah, she storms <laughs> off. She's angry. And now Frances lost her best friend because of this. Yeah. And also in between these shots is real like this really creepy hands that are actually doing these deeds. Remember? Oh, well, we see creepy hands, but also in between all of this stuff, we see, like, everything is looking at her. There's a doll that looks yeah. at her. There's, we, we go outside to the Joe Hart Burt scene, and her mailbox, <laughs> mailbox turns to look at her, but her mail, their mailbox is, a, is pig. a pig. Yeah, I don't know what that is about. I was like, okay, first of all, why I do you have never. a mailbox that literally has the head of a pig on the front and a and tail, the tail on, on the back? back? It's weird and creepy looking. It's like, you're kind of asking for something creepy or to happen with that but they reused the same like redheaded doll constantly looking (laughs) at her like her five times yeah the doll porcelain doll in her room just constantly turns its head to to her (laughs) and it's like all right this is getting old have the doll do something different (laughs) yeah i will say this may be like the scariest disney movie like like they they made it with the intention of it being for halloween i was reading i was reading about that and apparently it was a giant controversy at the time that this aired on Disney Channel. Really? There were like tons of parents who called in and complained about the film being too scary. So they they just stopped airing it on Disney Channel for a long time. And now they've just started making it available on Disney+. Plus. So that's why uh, we probably never saw no, it. No, we never saw this. I never even saw previews for it. Yeah, they took that's it off. That's interesting. I mean, I, it is like you watch Halloween Town and yeah. girl versus monster and you go okay <laughs> and then you watch this one and you go oh it's okay <laughs> and it's also like got some deep subjects in it mm-hmm. with this like leukemia the, yeah, the little brother battling cancer 
kids growing up too soon and whatever. Yeah. So now that she's kind of at rock bottom and doesn't know what to do. She's like, I guess I'll listen to the guy in my head. Yeah. I'll listen to this imaginary dude. Who's cute. (laughs) Who I have a crush on. And uh, he ends up telling her that she is being framed by the boogeyman. Yeah. Which is the main villain of this movie. He's the culprit. Yeah. And the bees. And the, the... Oh, there was a bus filled with water. Oh, yeah. forgot about that one. And uh, Frances doesn't believe this. She's like, the boogeyman isn't real. I have a question for you. Do you know why I wrote down Larry pissed that Francis touched him? I think yeah. he touches... She touches him at one point. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like, don't touch me. Ew. Yeah, he looks at her like, do not touch me. <laughs> Which is why... Larry's the best character. Yes. <laughs> we we agreed wholeheartedly. And Larry, the guy who plays Larry. Yeah. He's has in been so in so m- many movies that we have loved growing up. That he's definitely like, just a part of our childhood. He's so funny. He's He was in um, Even Stevens. He was in The, the Challenge. Challenge. He was in Material Girl. <laughs> Listen, these are all movies right up our alley. Mary Kay and Ashley movies and Hilary Duff movies. I know. That's what I'm of saying. Of course they are. <laughs> um, there's also... He's trying to get her to believe that the culprit is the boogeyman. Francis mm-hmm. doesn't want anything to do with this, but he keeps popping up. She just tries to ignore it for a little bit. But then a blackout, power blackout happens in town. And the only house that doesn't uh, blackout. blackout or lose power is the McCausland's house. Furthering all the town. Thinking being, it's Francis. Right, being suspicious of Francis. So she's at her wit's end. She and Larry take a trip to the library because Larry suggests nice that. rhyme there, Mel. <laughs> and they check out the boogie book, which is what Larry was looking for in the library, which basically explains how to defeat him, the boogeyman. Now, during this process, there are a bunch of little kids at the library that can see Larry. Yes, because l- most little kids can see Larry. It's the whole, um, like... When you're a little kid, you have an imaginary friend. If you do, if you don't, I'm sorry. I had like three. I didn't have any. Oof. But yeah, so only like little kids can see him. And not all little kids, because some little kids have different imaginary friends. Yeah. So it's really weird to him that Francis can see him. Right. Too. Because we we find out Larry is just an imaginary friend to a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's making all the kids laugh. Then he hops into the TV there's a lot of random, like, <laughs> clothes change. and He does yeah. some flips on the library table. Yes, and makes all the kids laugh, which pisses off the librarian. Like, Larry is hilarious. They check out the boogie book. Francis is reading this, and so is Larry. And Larry's like, oh, I got to create this thing called a tetrafuse. This will uh-huh. turn the boogeyman so old that they can't really do anything it ages them like a hundred times so that they're too weak to really do any more antics yeah and francis they get to back to her house her parents keep wanting to talk to her because they're like we have a feeling you have something to do with what's going on but you we don't want to pressure you into saying anything the dad's more like pushing it and the mom's like don't pressure her to say anything Uh, but she goes to her room. And is the dad a stay-at-home dad? I'm not sure. It's unclear, but I don't think he goes to work. I, I mean, we never, I don't know. We never really see either of them technically go to work, but the, but the mom wears work clothes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, and we always see the dad cooking and cleaning and stuff. Well, that's what they mention. They even mention mm-hmm. this about how her dad, 
their family is a little off because her dad has broken. Yeah, her dad vacuums and cooks, God forbid. He broke, you know, parental, typical parental gender role stereotypes. And that makes her family weird. Which, I mean, is sort of a progressive thought in 1999. But also they're mentioning how that's what's making her family weird. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, no, it doesn't. There are a couple things in this movie where you go, that's progressive, but... Not really. Not really. <laughs> it's like, were, it's like, it was a it, baby step. There was an attempt. Yeah. It was a baby step. But uh, this is when we find out Larry is hanging out with Francis and he starts getting pissed off at her. And she's like, what? Yeah. And he... Because he finds out who her little brother is. Welcome back to QVC, HSN, NBC, ABC, DFJ. I am Joseph Dredi, but just call me Dredi. And I'm Trudy. And today I have a product for everybody. Okay, what is the product? Band-Aid. What the hell is a Band-Aid? Exactly. What? What isn't it? You're saying it could be used for everything? It's tape. It's tape? Well, then why wouldn't they just sell tape? It's healing power. It has a healing power. It's sticky. Sticky or sticky? Sticky. Wow, um, okay, how much... It comes in box. Yeah, but how many are in the box? At least 12. 12, that's a weird number. What am I supposed to do with them, though? I thought it was a good number because it was even. It's still weird. All right, well, 12 come in a box. Where am I supposed to stick these band-aids? Your body. Why would I put something sticky on my body? If you get cut. How the hell does something sticky help my fucking cut on my body? If I got a big gash down my side, you tell me I'm going to stitch it up with some tape? It's not tape, it's band-aid. Well, then what's the difference between tape and a band-aid? You just said both are sticky. There's like a cloth in the middle of it. There's a cloth? Yes. Well, why wouldn't I just use cloth? What's the point of having it stick? Well, the point of having it stick is that with cloth, you have to use another bandage to keep it on. But with Band-Aid, just one, and you're done. Okay, uh, are now, there giant it, Band-Aids or what? Yes, there's many sizes. There's little for little cuts, there's big for big cuts. But now, if you've got big, big cut where you won't stop bleeding, you should probably go to the hospital get stitches. I never go to the hospital. I know you don't. But I just let I the was, victims bleed really, out. I was r- anyway, it so comes who am I box. using the Band-Aid on? Yourself. It comes okay. in a box of 12. For five dollars each. Like, per bandaid. Judy, why do you look so scared of me? I am not. Are you scared of the fact that I've been admitting to murdering people, or what? Does that frighten you? So there's five dollars per bandaid in the box, so there's twelve. So you'll mm. be paying a lot of money. Why are you getting so quiet over there, Judy? I'm not quiet, I'm my usual volume. How much is the bandaid, Judy? It's five dollars per band-aid. There's there's twelve in a box. Five dollars for a band-aid? I'll just I'll just let it bleed. That's too much. Well that's because you want people to bleed out. Yeah, you're damn right. You can get this product at uh, backslash dready trade. Wow, you said our website right. I know I've been practicing because last time you got mad at me and I was afraid that if I said it wrong you would backslash me. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the podcast.
really should call the cops on Trudy someday. <laughs> At Trudy, she's a maniac. She's crazy. Uh, so the reason that Larry is upset with Francis is he realizes her little brother is Darwin, who mm-hmm. he used to be his imaginary, imaginary friends. Friend. Yeah. And um, the how he finds out that he's no longer his imaginary friend is he tries talking to him. He's like, hey, Darwin, do you remember me? Like, it's been a while. And he and doesn't see him. Darwin's like, you're being weird, sis. Like, Francis, you're being a weirdo. And he leaves and he gets really sad. Like, Larry, like, Larry is very upset. We find we find out that Darwin no longer sees Larry because Francis told him that imaginary friends aren't real. Yeah, and she was she was trying to get him to grow up, mm-hmm. uh, especially during this time where he's going through a very grown up thing. Yeah, a very grown up thing. And Francis figures, hey, I don't want to give you false hope. Yeah, this might be. It might be good to kind of let go of things that it's like, it's time to grow up. That'll help you face your fears better, yeah. you know, um, which not always the case. Which Melissa can tell you because she grew up way too fast. <laughs> and I didn't grow up at all. Yeah, I didn't have any. I certainly didn't have any. Ma- I still <laughs> chat with my imaginary friends. Yeah, I never had any. Larry then, he starts to somewhat transform yeah his eyes turn purple and francis is like what is wrong with your eyes and he's like nothing they just hurt and he rubs them and then they're fine but then we go out to the garage because more weird things keep happening and so the parents are like you're not going to school like yeah you're just gonna stay home well this is what happens the boogeyman shows up and he's on their roof yes and while larry is starting to transform He's like, I got to go confront him. We got to go see this boogeyman. He's like, Francis, come on. And she is at first is hesitant. She's like, I don't want to. But she ends up going out there anyway. Larry is talking to the boogeyman. The boogeyman is pretty terrifying. Yeah. And not a fan of the boogeyman. And they start saying, it's happening. You're going to turn into the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Because what Francis finds out is that. Because of the boogie book that she got from the library, yeah. she's do she does some research. She finds out that when little kids stop, stop believing in their imaginary friends too early, the imaginary friend start turns into a boogeyman, basically. Exactly. And because Darwin stopped believing in Larry, even too though soon. other kids still believe in him, yeah, he's now turning into a boogeyman. Yep. So to prevent this, he is in the garage. He's creating that tetrafuse thing, which will mm-hmm. help kind of age the boogeyman a thousand times and then we get a weird like frankenstein black and white scene i don't know why they were just like (laughs) let's throw some random shit in here yeah see if it sticks and also while he's doing that he also wants to create something called boogie goo which is like bait for the boogeyman yeah he like makes the the tetrafuge delicious to boogie people he like figures it out he uses it on milk it works and then he's like oh but we have to make boogie goo in order to lure trap him, him and lure him in so we can zap him yeah mold. they're just trying to come up with a way to lure the boogeyman trap him and zap him <laughs> nice good job <laughs> that was terrible now while this is happening she goes francis to, sorry francis goes to dinner because for whatever reason the guidance counselor invited herself to their house for dinner yeah it's unclear it's really weird. I don't know how the guidance counselor got there, but she wants to spend some time with this family because she's super supportive and understand. So 
Larry's in the kitchen while they're eating dinner. He's boogie make, goo. Yeah, he's cooking up boogie goo, and he is making a mess, and it smells disgusting in the kitchen. The dad, who is very protective of the food he makes, is so upset about this, and so is the mom. They're both kind of like, what the hell is going on in this kitchen? It Why does it smell? horrible. Then there's a whole sequence where the guidance counselor, somehow Bert, the older brother's sock, got in the blender. It's really disgusting. The guidance counselor ends up eating part of the sock, and then she's trying to pull it out of her mouth. Well, the reason that she's eating the gym sock is because Larry needs sweat or something for the boogie goo. Right, that's right. So he throws it in a blender because he's like, well, I can't it, I can't drain it, so I should just like blend it together. Whatever it is, it's disgusting it's to disgusting watch. It's disgusting because then they like <laughs> serve this pudding and the guidance counselor's eating it. Like I can't imagine pulling a whole freaking sock string yeah. out of your mouth. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting. It is really disgusting. I also like just the deep subjects... Um, before this dinner party of how Francis is really upset because Larry's blaming her for telling Darwin to grow up faster. And her reasoning is she, it was mainly her who also wanted to grow up faster because she felt like she was helpless. She couldn't do anything to help her brother and Mm -hmm. her older brother could help. And she just kind of, it was really sad and like a really deep subject on not rare but just more of a rare thing that you don't see especially on disney channel Channel. yeah it it took a very serious topic yeah and i'm glad that they did because showed a little bit of range because they don't do that anymore they're like we're not serious we're fun and happy and (laughs) everything is fine and nobody has anxiety or depression and it's like no no (laughs) yeah so we get these like nice serious sad moments but then they're like topped with the guidance counselor at dinner going Saying to the mom, oh, what a nice little bust you have. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was really funny. Because there's a, a bust of like a, I don't know, probably like a president's head or something. I don't think it was a In president. the background. I don't know what it is. It's a guy. It's a bust. But he, she's telling it to the mom. And the mom's like, what? And then and she then looks she behind her and, and goes, oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, that's what you meant. I'm willing to, like, I would watch this one again, unironically. Yeah. It's, it's a little, not, it's a not little a, weird, but it's not a terrible movie. Uh, watched worse. So we get that nice little joke in there. It's funny. Um, and now Larry has created the boogie goo, but now he's like getting addicted to it because he's also turning into a boogeyman. So now it's kind of like freaking Francis out. She runs up to her room to kind of just take a breather. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Darwin comes in or no she runs up and goes into Darwin's room because that's where Larry tried to go because he's trying to be you know with you're Darwin ta- you're talking about after they did the boogie goo yeah because now he's like he like licks the boogie goo and he's obsessed with okay, it. okay so what happens is is that Darwin Francis tells Darwin to go into her room and the boogeyman is under her bed yeah and he Darwin steps in the boogie goo, mm-hmm. tracks it upstairs. The boogeyman smells that, grabs Darwin. Correct. And licks the shoe clean and then is like gone into this other dimension. So Larry goes and follows this trail or whatever and he's licking the front floor. Also, we forgot <laughs> to mention the whole spoon thing. Larry takes a spoon of the boogie goo and like tries to eat it. But you can tell <laughs> that Larry does never, his tongue never touches the spoon. The actor themselves is not licking anything. No, and you can tell because... Like he held it far away <laughs> from his mouth, like for like, but trying to convince us that they're actually licking it. It's like, and, I, it's come just, on, it's just like, 
And it's like, that's not, he's not eating it. So if you watch this movie, please pay attention to that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. So now Darwin's been kidnapped by the boogeyman. Exactly. Francis and Larry are like, well, we got to go save him. Yeah. So mm. Larry goes into the other dimension with the backpack of the tetrafuge, tetrafuge on his back. Yeah. And it's plugged into the wall. Correct. Long ass cord. Because this alternate dimension is underneath her bed. Hence, don't look under the bed. Right. Roll credits. <laughs> and Francis and Larry are now in this dimension, the boogie world. They're trying to find Darwin. Darwin is in a giant sock. sock. <laughs> He's in That's a giant tied sock. into a knot so he can't get out. Exactly. And, and Larry at this point is still kind of talking with Francis about how this wouldn't have happened if you... If you hadn't, you know... Convinced Darwin that I wasn't That real. I wasn't real and, and made him stop believing in me. He goes, didn't you ever have any imaginary friends? And she goes... She stops and she goes, no. Which it's very clear that she Yeah, did. clearly she did. Uh, Francis is trying to get Darwin out of this sock trap that he's in, that the boogeyman put him in. The boogeyman shows up. He starts fighting with Larry. And his pack gets unplugged, doesn't it, at some point? Yeah, it gets unplugged like as soon as he gets the clamps on, right, on the boogeyman. The boogeyman. He's like going to press the button. To and it doesn't work. And they're like, what the heck? And then we like zoom out of the boogie world and see that on that, you know, the classic, the plugs unplugged from the wall situation. Yeah. It's Doc Brown yes. in Ma- Back to the Future. And then we get the longest freaking fight scene it's, ever. It's, there's always got to be a long scene in these older movies where it's so unnecessary. That we just need to get to the point and we aren't. So the boogeyman takes Darwin because now Larry has turned completely into a boogeyman. That's what happens. And so he's like, you take care of Francis. I'll take care of the little boy. That's right. So she is, she's like, well, I have to figure out a way to make this plug work because she sees that it's on the floor now. Yeah. Because it's been dragged further into the dimension. Got it. So she's like, I have to attach this to this giant bed. Because everything is giant in Boogie World. So like mm-hmm. if they take a sandwich, the sandwich is like a bed. Right. Um. Yeah. So she is trying to figure out how to get that to power on while she's trying to also save Darwin. And she's like, Darwin, like you need to like talk to Larry. And she's like, he's like, you told me Larry wasn't real. And she's like, I know I was stupid, but That's if you right. need help, call out to Larry. He's your friend. And we have a Peter Pan moment. I do believe in fairies. I, I do. do. I do. I do believe in Larry. I, I do. do. I, I do. do. Clap so your then, hands if you believe in Larry, Darwin. Darwin finally is able to talk and see Larry. And and he's like, Larry, help me. And Larry's like, I don't. Why am I a boogeyman? Yeah. So he, he starts back. turning back. Yeah. Because now his, you know, Darwin believes in him again. So then Larry goes and is fighting the boogeyman and again. is helping Again, Darwin and whatever. And while Francis is dealing with the battery thing. Right. So then it gets plugged in. They use the tetrafuse on the boogeyman. And it turns, turns into, into an, an old, old woman, woman. Which is was really weird. It ends up not working. Right. It, it basically breaks. And then breaks. She, the boogeyman goes back to being the creepy man. Exactly. But that flash of the old woman reminds... Because the old woman calls her Franny, and no one calls Frances Franny except for her imaginary friend Zoe, who she had when she was little. Or she really had that imaginary friend up until Darwin had leukemia. Yeah. Because she also decided to stop believing in her imaginary friend, because it was time for her to grow up. Yeah, so basically they went through a very traumatic yeah. thing together. And, and forgot Bing Bong, and their Franny imaginary friend. <laughs> and Frances said... Both of us need to grow up. 
and Bert, I am convinced, never had an imaginary friend like you. So it's revealed Zoe now is transforming from the boogeyman back into the imaginary friend that Francis remembers because Francis is like apologizing and saying, oh, I do remember you. I believe in you still. Yeah. This helps the boogeyman now transform and, to Zoe. And they hold hands. That's right. Yeah, they hold hands. And yeah, and we find out that boogeyman is not a boogeyman. Exactly. They trans transport back into Francis's room. All is well. Larry and Zoe are now both Darwin and Francis's imaginary friends. They're back. They're back, baby. But I will say that the whole freaking porcelain doll turns out to be her. Yeah, she's dressed like the porcelain doll that keeps looking at her in her room, which I thought was an interesting twist. <laughs> it was an interesting twist, but it was also a creepy twist. It was creepy. I don't know if they like, really needed to. How old is she, to... from the 20s? <laughs> yeah. She's from like she? the 1800s. Um, Larry and Zoe. They they're... find out that it's uh, there's another boogeyman in a different town. Yeah, that's now causing antics there because the parents find out oh, there's now news reportings of it happening in another town. It must not be our daughter. So yeah, they and go everybody up to else apologize. The, town, the rest of the town is like, yeah, yeah, it couldn't be her. She's here. She's not in the <laughs> other town. And Francis is like, yeah, you idiots. <laughs> Why are you blaming me? I'm so just 12. Then they all like apologize to her. Larry and Zoe decide, okay, we got a mission. We got to go fix this new town. So they're going to go on this mission together. And then we get something that's weird. It's I thought it was weird. It makes me feel because Larry goes and he kisses Zoe on the <sighs> mouth. Not Zoe, not Zoe. Francis on the mouth. The imaginary friend kisses our main character. Which I was on the like, mouth. I mean, I was shipping them because like <laughs> she thought he was cute. She thought at the he beginning. was cute, and like he's but funny. But at the same time, you go, he's imaginary. Yeah, and so once you find it, out, she's just doing this. Like she's just once, kissing air. Uh, once you find out that. It's he's an imaginary friend. You're like, oh well, I don't ship this anymore. Yeah, that's weird. And then and they then kiss. I was more like I shipped the actors, you know. <laughs> anyway, it was a weird ending. We get this sweet moment where Francis is sleeping. Darwin is also, you know, sleeping next to her because he's scared. Yeah. And she says, "You've got nothing to be afraid of. You know, you have Larry now, and and he'll help you through times when you're scared of." of the boogeyman and he goes i'm not scared of the boogeyman i'm scared of getting sick again which was so sad and heartbreaking i legitimately almost cried when he said that i was like oh my gosh and she said well that's all right because i'll be here for you and you know she just talks about how you know growing up is partly facing those fears and learning to live with those fears but it's also okay to have your imaginary friends with you, too, when you're going through stuff like that. Yeah. I just thought it was the sweetest ending. Very heartfelt and very sad. At the and then it was ruined with the end credits song. Boogie Wonderland! <laughs> <sighs> Dance! I can't believe that they decided. They said, this movie's about a boogeyman. Let's put Boogie Wonderland as the <laughs> it's kind end of, credits. I guess it's kind of perfect, but also just it ruined this sensitive, sweet ending. I was yeah, like, what it the made hell? no sense. <laughs> but we were, I died laughing. Because that, that song just makes me think of Happy Feet. Yeah, I know. Which I love but, that movie. But yeah, so that was Don't Look Under the Bed. Do you have a moral of the story? I've been trying to think of that. I think my main moral of the story is probably one that I wish I understood more, especially as a kid. I just have never been. <laughs> 
as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of had an older soul. Never like, really... I have my kid moments. Melissa was the kid that set up Barbies with me and then was like, I don't really want to play Barbies. I I'm just gonna wanted go to build the city read a with book. You. Melissa was also like at four years old naming capitals of every state. And I was like, what's a state? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But that's just part of who I am. Yeah. But also, it's okay to have, you know, that imagination and not let go of that part of you. I um, certainly didn't. Or just embracing the imagination, imaginary parts, you know, of your life and being creative and things like that. Yeah. Because I'm still creative, just, you know, I think I sometimes I wish I could embrace more of imagination. How about you, Ariana? What's your moral of the story? I just wrote down a line that Larry said, and he said, you, is that a zit? Girl, you need to take care of your skin. Ooh, skincare. Yes. I feel like... Take care of your skin. Because then, literally, he said that, and I went... I, I really do. I, cause I started using Caitlin or sister Caitlin sells Monet products. And I was like, yeah, I started using that stuff. And I was like, I haven't used that in a hot minute. And that was my moral of the story. Hey, <laughs> was Larry being like, take care of your shit. But it's true. Skincare products, like taking care of your skin, making sure that stays healthy. It can make you feel like 10 times better. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. Sick. So take care of that skin. Take care of it. And embrace your imagination. <laughs> weird movie for weird morals. Well, we're watching Horse Sense next. I don't know what that's about. Now, I'm going to preface you that with this. Probably a psychic horse. I'm in love with Joey Lawrence. <laughs> oh, Have yeah. been since we watched Blossom as children. This is one of the, fir- the first, like, Lawrence Disney Channel movies. Yes. They were in a lot. And so I will be talking about Joey Lawrence a lot next episode. So get ready. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.